What are the biggest information security threats for the new year? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Marcus Ranum, CSO at Tenable Network Security. Marcus, it's a pleasure to talk with you again. Hey, thanks for having me. So, this is hot in the news. I've got to ask you up front. What's your take on the security and privacy issues that have been raised by the WikiLeaks case we've all been reading about? Wow. Well, there's a there's a tremendous amount there, and I think let me not focus on the obvious stuff. I think one of the things that we're seeing from the WikiLeaks case is that the there's, there's a transition that happened after 9/11 from the old school need to know in intelligence, where only uh, people who absolutely needed to have access to a particular piece of, uh, of of intelligence data were granted access to it, and I think in an attempt to um, kind of clear up communications post 9-11, there was a, a breakdown of those walls towards need to publish. And I think what we may be seeing is the, the chickens coming home to roost on that, because one of the questions that's not being asked about this is, you know, why is it that a, a relatively junior uh, analyst was given access to all of this information, right? No, no one human being can could legitimately have anything useful to do with that. And then the other piece of the the, the puzzles that that I find is really interesting is the the apparent inability of the people who lost the data, that the original data holders, to tell what data was stolen and or that it was being stolen. And and this is this is an important message for anyone who's a, a, a CISO because it, it shows you know what can happen when your data leaks if you don't have auditing and logging in place so that you can go back and say well okay if we you believe that this guy leaked a bunch of information, what information did he actually access and when? And of course, ideally, you'd get in front of that process and you know maybe detect the fact that somebody who really didn't have a need to access this particular information was downloading their gigantic cassettes at, you know, in one, one fell swoop. That's, the, that's kind of a red flag, I would think. So, so, so from a security perspective, I think that the story behind the story is almost more interesting to me than, than kind of the details of, you know, ooh, governments lie to us, what a surprise. So since then, we've seen the response by WikiLeaks supporters this week against MasterCard, PayPal, and, and others that are deemed, quote-unquote, unfriendly against uh, WikiLeaks CEO uh, Julian Assange. What should we make of the response? And, and the sites have been shut down. They've been affected by this. Yeah, well, I think that was inappropriate. I mean, you know, more more interesting would have been if people had started to to say, "Hey, you're you know, by shutting us off, you're violating you're violating your service level agreement," or you know, passive protest would have been effective. Somebody, you know, let's just all not do business with people who are, are you know, if we're concerned with. If we see that this is a freedom of speech issue, let's not do let's not do business with people who are supporting the government against freedom of speech. Um, I don't think that you know, kind of going on the war path is is a necessarily an appropriate response. So, what are the questions that organizations ought to be asking and answering for themselves now after witnessing data leakage, certainly, but then the response because this sort of signals a, a new level of protest, I guess you could say. Against yeah, sure. organizations that yeah. do business. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a there's a lot of things in that one. You know, you you, you should obviously make certain that you've got a, a polished incident response program in place. That would be that would be the first thing, and and you know, run exercises with your executive management so that everybody you know knows how to 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 kind of who who's 
got the ball and who's going to make the official communications and who's going to make the decisions in the event of in the event of some kind of a breach that shows up in the front page of, of the new, uh, Google News. Um, that's that's one thing that's crucial. And then, of course, you know, I would say this isn't a bad time to trigger an information asset management review to just you know go back and maybe reassess. Uh, you know, our have we been opening things up a little bit too much over here, or, or is there is there somewhere we need to re-engineer one of our processes um, around kind of the, the new reality where people have got access to Twitter and Facebook and are pushing stuff out constantly? Um, I think what happens is a lot of those things kind of sneak up on enterprises, and then they they're, they're horrified to discover that there's a that there's a problem. And then another thing that's very useful as part of your your response practices is to game through them and, and to, to, to do a scenario and say, okay, suppose that, that we had a leak like this, what would we do? Um, and that comes down, you know, that you can you can use that exercise to stress load your your management process as well as your technology process. You know, okay, if if our you know if our um, financial plans found themselves out on the internet, would we have the wherewithal to discover how that happened? Do we have the correct logging and auditing in place? Do we have procedures to look through the auditors, the, the audit logs? Do we have people who are, are capable of performing basic forensic analysis for that thing? Do we have contacts with the correct people in law enforcement if it needs to go in that direction? Do we have contacts with third parties who can come in and help us? Um, you know, do, do we have the correct processes set up with our, our legal counsel, yada, yada, yada. So I think, you know, one thing that might be fun to do for a CSO, CSO would be to, um, you know, look at the WikiLeaks thing and say, if that happened to us, what would we do? So st- taking a step back from WikiLeaks, Marcus, and looking over at all of 2010, we look at the healthcare and security breaches we've seen and financial services and, and WikiLeaks and, and all the other stories that we've been involved with. When you look at these, what do you see are the biggest lessons we've learned from incidents this year? Well, to me, the biggest lesson is that the people who are inside your organization are the ones who can really hurt you um, because they know where the they know where the good stuff is, and uh, you know that's that's a serious that's a serious problem. Um, so, so to me, that's the big takeaway. Now, that's not that's not a new takeaway. I think I've been banging that drum for twenty something years, and, and security practitioners. Before for me, we're banging it for 20 years before that. Um, so that's you know that's nothing new. Um, I do think you know another another one that we, we really need to reassess the role of um, how much control an organization is going to have over its application speed, over its runtime. Because I think you know when we start talking about problems like uh, people getting hit by drive-by malware, data being leaked out. Um, you know, all of that is really a symptom of the fact that we don't really have very good controls on who's running what and where the data is moving inside of our networks. And you know, again, that's that's really crucial. And then the other big the other big problem because of the breach reporting laws, and you've got things like high tech now and 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 so on. Um, organizations are getting increasingly stressed to be able to show. Um, that they knew they know what happened in the event of something going wrong, and you know there's there's large amounts of money at stake there. Uh, I have a friend who's a CSO of a Fortune 500 firm, and they were able to save several million dollars a year by having a, a reasonably strong forensic capability, so that if a machine is compromised, they're able to 
um, with the degree of accuracy that they could they could testify to in court, stand up and say, you know, this machine did not accomplish horizontal penetration. So the only credit card numbers that were that were compromised were the ones that were on the machine during the time of the break-in. And we know what the you know when the break-in started and when the break-in was terminated. And so we don't need to notify all of our customers. We only need to notify five. And that kind of thing is huge. And so I think organizations should be looking in the uh, you know looking in the coming years towards how do we put in place procedures that will allow us to do damage control that could withstand challenges from from lawyers, lawmakers, and people who want to assess fines against us. Well, looking ahead to next year, Marcus, what do you see as potentially being the biggest security stories that we'll pursue? Um, I, I think I think next year, hopefully, the the, the big security story is going to be you know how did how did the, how did the kind of leak we've been seeing in WikiLeaks how did that happen? Why did this Why did this one guy allegedly have access to so much material? Um, we understand you know how data can be caused to leak. That's not a, that's not a big deal. But the question is you know why did you know why did the why was the kimono so completely open to this one guy? Final question for you, Marcus. If I'm a CISO of any type in any organization or industry, my New Year's resolution for 2011 should be what? My, my New Year's resolution be, should be to to do a uh, a war game style um, uh, role playing game surrounding in a, a major information breach, and bring into that my executive management if I possibly can. Um, I have a friend who did one of those, and it was very enlightening for everybody, and it actually helped a great deal with selling the the, the need for security to everyone in the executive's team. The way that he did it was he basically convinced the CSO, or sorry, the um, the CFO, to um, believe that his BlackBerry had been left on a on a in the back of a taxi in New York City and showed up on uh, showed up on eBay, and. Um, and they just game through that, and they, you know, they basically sat there and said, well, you know, what do you have on there? Why do you have it on there? And that was a very enlightening thing. So I think, you know, coming up with some scenarios that you can you can work through with your peers, is, it would be a good thing to do. Very good, Marcus. As always, I appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you very much. My pleasure. We've been discussing threats for the new year. Been talking with Marcus Ranham, CSO at Tenable Network Security. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.